I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. And before we move any further, let me tell you IBS Intelligence is back in 2022 with its second edition of the Neo Challenger Bank Awards. Nominations are open now. Simply Google Neo Challenger Awards to learn more. Right now, however, I am joined by Jacob Ryder, Head of Payments at Projective, and our topic for discussion is ISO 20022 being introduced with a go-live in November for the banking community. But not everybody's going to be on it, Jacob. Well, that's true. ISO 2082 itself is actually just a formula for building financial messages. And it's already live for securities messages and has been for quite some time on the Fin Plus channel. Now, in November of 2022, the cross-border payments and reporting messages go live on FinPlus. And there is a coexistence period where the existing MT messages will coexist with the new ISO 2022 cross-border payments and reporting messages until 2025 where MT's category one, two, and nine will be decommissioned on FIN. And so the banks have a choice between November 2022 and November 2025. They can decide to go live. And by go live, I mean start sending ISO 2022 messages. There's an issue, is there not, potentially, of things getting lost in translation? Because the new standard is a much more detailed message, effectively. But you don't get that if you're still on the old system. There is a ISO 2022-2MT translation service available on FinPlus. And what you will receive, if, if someone sends you a ISO 2082 message and you are still on MT in the bank's back office, what you will receive via the inflow translation service is what they call a multi-format MX. So that is a ISO 2082 message with an embedded uh, MT translated. Now, if there is any, as you say, data truncation, because all of the rich ISO data doesn't fit into the MT, then what the bank will need to do is go back to their messaging interface, uh, which does have the full data and retrieve that richer data. You make it sound very simple. I'm sure it's not necessarily going to be, nor is it necessarily going to be very quickly. I'd like to explore one particular point you you mentioned earlier. Banks that aren't on the new messaging format have until November 2025 to adopt it. Presumably, that's a hard deadline, and they're going to be out of the loop if they don't. Yes. The plan is at the moment that the MTs 1, 2, and 9 will be decommissioned on FIN. So what will happen then if they aren't ready by November 2025? Well, then they won't be able to send any cross-border payments or reporting messages. It's been a while coming, this. Surely it's not a surprise to people. Hey, absolutely. I say 2082 has actually been around since 2004 and has other uses in play. I know I mentioned securities earlier, so especially for SRD2. Uh, securities messages were developed as well. Uh, and a lot of the market infrastructures around the world already use ISO 2022 and are live with it. So this really shouldn't be a, a shock to any bank whatsoever. 
And they've been given a lot of time to plan how they're going to implement the two things that they need to do. And the two things that they need to do are, firstly, that there are very simple actions. They're mandatory actions for the go-live, which is upgrade their messaging interface. So if it supports FIN at the moment, it also needs to support the FIN Plus channel. And also, it needs to be able to receive that multi-format MX that I mentioned earlier and be able to channel either the ISO full rich data message to its back office or the MT. That's the minimum action that, that, that is required, and they've had a long time to plan for that. The really complex part and the, 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 where the devil is in the detail is the second bit. And the second bit is as they build native ISO capabilities in their back office, which is quite a complex uh, thing to do, considering they need to uh, potentially upgrade their payments application, their reconciliation, sanction screening, the messaging flows and the data processing around that. They need to also identify where benefits are going to be for their business. ISO has been branded as a um, richer, better data, but it's also better structured. So that should really improve straight through processing rates because you can better validate that complete and accurate information has been provided up front. So that should, in theory, improve the rates of failed payments by reducing them, the need for exemptions and investigations, and removing the cost and effort associated with that. But it also should improve the customer experience as well. So um, no longer should corporates and and, uh, the senders and receivers of high value payments have to call up their bank anymore and say, I sent all or I'm expecting this payment. It should have been here days ago. Where is it? It should uh, increase the benefit of uh, or enable the capability of instant and frictionless payments cross border. But also it should improve reporting capabilities as well. ISO 2082 has additional elements in it, such as ultimate debitor and ultimate creditor that MT doesn't have. So for the first time, we'll be able to see ultimately where the money is coming from and where the money is going to, which has benefits for due diligence and sanctions and um, other fraud detection activities as well. But the bank will need to identify, and no, no two banks are the same, what are the benefits for their particular organisation and how are they going to utilise this richer, better structured data? One thing that has changed in the near two decades since it was first introduced, you mentioned back in 2004, is the cross-border payments landscape has changed. It's not the only game in town anymore. There, there are a multiplicity of ways of making those transfers, making those payment exchanges. I'm just going to say blockchain as a throwaway word. How is it going to stack, stack up in what is effectively a competitive environment? ISO 2082 being a financial messaging standard has the benefit of the, the vast majority of the high value payment systems saying that they are going to use this language. So if you want to be interoperable with Target 2, Euro 1, the Fed, CHIPS, the UK, high-value payment systems, then you're going to need to speak the same language, which, again, is ISO 2082. Technology such as blockchain, for instance, uh, a ledger technology, uh, isn't really in the same field as ISO 2082. The blockchain technology and the potential digital currencies that would be built on 
blockchain technology still may need to use financial messaging to exchange value cross-border. So there need to be schemas for that and, uh, and rules written around it. So they can actually coexist and complement each other quite well. The challenge is there are other ways to transfer value cross-border. And so there's challenges to the banks, um, especially in the low-value payment area, such as WISE or, or Revolut, etc. And they've been able to transfer money, especially remittance-type payments, for a lower fee for, for quite some time. And so what I think the banks really need to think about is if they're going to implement financial messaging standards for the high-value payment systems and with the, the, with the high-value payment systems, as well as in the correspondent banking space, where is their opportunity? Because they've got the, the high-value cross-border payments wrapped up pretty well in, in correspondent banking. Uh, is there an opportunity for them to also use the same rails for low-value, uh, where customers may be currently using uh, WISE or, or Revolut? But then also, how do you use the same rails and infrastructure for potentially central bank? Uh, digital currencies. So how does a blockchain ledger coexist with the ledger for the fiat currency that we have at the moment? Uh, do they coexist or do we reconcile them? And all of that is currently under discussion um, with organisations such as the central banks. Well, I would say that any bank successfully get a significant part of the low-value business you've been talking about will cause an awful lot of the payments companies I saw at Money 2020 this year to be looking over their shoulder rather worriedly. Those companies, such as the ones that I've mentioned already, Revolut, Wise, etc., speaking freely now, they, they ate the bank's lunch for quite a long time in the low-value space. The banks were quite happy banking these customers and, and providing FX services and value transfer services. And then the likes of Wise and, and Revolut came along and, and really took over. So uh, now I think the banks are on maybe on the back foot and uh, it's time that they started uh, competing again, again in that market. But it's a very price sensitive market as well. Um, so if they're going to compete on price and really lower that price, then they also need to lower their cost base as well. Thought for the future. Thank you very much, Jacob Ryder, Head of Payments at Projective.